Good morning, everyone. When Pastor Steve shared with us about a year ago that uh, he was planning on announcing his retirement date, this date was the date in which uh, we understood was going to be his last message, his last uh, day giving the message. And so as part of that, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that occurs to make sure we take care of what needs to be taken care of. Part of that celebration involved involving our uh, regional office. And uh, for those that don't know, we are part of the Great Lakes region, a uh, region that comprises four states and has 180 churches. And there's uh, a leader of that uh, region, and this gentleman is Chris Conrad. He's with us today. And because he has 180 churches that he watches over, we don't get to see him very often. But we're thrilled that he's here today. He's been in this position since 2010. I've gotten a chance to know him, as have some of the board members, through a variety of things that we do. And I want to just mention that the Great Lakes region has been a great resource for us. We don't need them every Sunday, but when we've needed them, they've been there to help us out. And we are leaning on them heavily as we go through the search process today. And I just want to introduce Chris, have him come up and uh, say a few words. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? It is awesome to be with you. Hey, Parrish, would you mind bringing up those flowers? And uh, you can just place them right here. So, uh, Keith, at the end of this, uh, at the end of the service, uh, yeah, so there's... There's something over here for you, Steve, and there's something over there for you, Diana. Is that okay? So there you go, okay? And uh, yeah, you can just uh, place them right here. Can you guys thank the parents who drove all the way from Holland, Michigan to be here with us this morning? They're just awesome. You guys are awesome. So uh, I, I, if you guys haven't looked yet at the picture that's by the, the front door when you walked in, you've got to look at the picture of them like 41 years ago. That is awesome. And, and this picture, uh, I'm surprised, Steve, that you let them put that picture up there. Um, yeah, I know, but look, you had hair, bro. You had hair. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. And the fact that you just announced your phone number to everyone, uh, from day one, that, you know what that shows? That shows what a pastor's heart you got. And, um, and that's just who you are. Um, now, I, for those of you who've ever had to suffer through a message that I've preached before, um, you know that I, I don't typically read things, but I'm going to actually read this because um, I really sense that Holy Spirit wanted this said. Um, and so uh, here we go. Pastor Stephen Diana, there's a sense in which I really do not feel worthy to offer you these words. I really mean that, actually. Mary and I were blessed, as you guys know, to plant two different churches. So I have a little idea of what a plant, of what planting a church is all about. But it turns out in both situations, Holy Spirit would only allow us to stay for about six and a half years. I think, I think I recognize now it's because He didn't want us to bestow any more punishment on a congregation than six and a half years worth. I guess He knew that some people were to come and stay for a long time. And some weren't. You were. And what the two of you have done, and I know both daughters are here, and I just want to acknowledge the sacrifice that you guys have made as well. 
growing up in the fishbowl of a church is not easy. And the fact that you survived with some sense of mental health is actually pretty amazing, okay? But Steve and Diana, what the two of you have done by coming to the community of Albion and giving yourself to this place is a sacrifice of a whole different dimension than what most people will ever recognize. You've beautifully demonstrated the words of the Apostle Paul who wrote in his letter to the Thessalonians. Having a deep, deep affection for you, we were delighted to share with you not only God's good news of the gospel, but also our lives, because you've become very dear to us. And that's what you have demonstrated over these last 41 years. Paul also compared his life to an individual who's being poured out for others. When he writes to the people of Philippi, even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifices and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with all of you. You have poured yourselves out over all these decades. Those two verses are so incredibly accurate of the two of you and the way that you have done the following. Number one, share the gospel with the people of Albion. I'm just wondering, how many of you, excuse, how many of you have grown in your faith, perhaps even come into a relationship with Jesus Christ because of Pastor Steve and Diana, and you'd just be willing to raise your hand. Yeah, thank you. And you have shared your life with the people of this community. How many of you have been on the receiving end of the love of Jesus because of this couple? And you would just raise your hand. Yeah. And you have most certainly sacrificed much more and many more times than any of us could ever fathom. You've given up days off to go to someone's hospital room and pray for them. You've sacrificed other things that you wanted to be doing so you could meet with someone or with, someone's, or with someone who was going through a very difficult, challenging time in their personal life or were experiencing tensions in their marriage. You've sat and wept with people as they said goodbye to a loved one. You've encouraged others when you yourself were actually in need of encouragement in that moment. You've sacrificed financially by making sure the bills of Caring Community Church were paid, giving up raises so that the ministry of the church could go on. You've said no to temptations that would end up sabotaging your ministry because you wanted to be one who could stand before others and say to them, follow me as I follow Christ. You sacrificed sleep to get up in the middle of the night and offer care to those who needed it at inconvenient hours because your cell phone number has always been out there. I think there are five people in the Western Hemisphere who don't have it. You sacrificed doing other things so that you could work on a message that ended up speaking to us in a profound way, changing us from the inside out. Time and again, the two of you have sacrificed for our sakes so that Christ could be more fully formed in us and so we could sense his love for us through the years. Time and again, you personified the love of our Heavenly Father. We looked at you and we sensed his love for us in your eyes. And it mattered. And Diana, let me just make it clear. Steve has sacrificed greatly, but so have you. You've sacrificed time with your husband as he went off to meet with yet another person. You've sacrificed when you just wanted to have your husband yourself. You had to share. You've sacrificed countless hours of being here in this facility, helping out. Let me just make it clear. 
we're really thankful for you just as we're thankful for your husband. And daughters, I'll say it one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the times when you wondered, why does dad or mom have to be gone again? Can I just tell you, and this is not easy, and I will not understand this until I get to heaven, quite frankly, but there will be people whose lives are put together and marriages who stay together and people who are in heaven because of your willingness to sacrifice sometimes. And I'm not saying that that was easy or fun. I'm not saying you always loved it. But I want you to know, as a church, we're thankful. And we acknowledge it. Pastor Steve and Diana, you're not done. In fact, Jesus loves you, and I actually have a wonderful plan for your life. (laughs) I'd like to talk to you about some of those things when we have lunch in a few weeks. You know, uh, I've been blessed to run some marathons. Uh, and because I'm not a natural athlete, I'm not a natural athlete at all, um, when I cross the finish line of a marathon, I typically get a little emotional. Like I'll cry a bit. Uh, either from the pain or just from the fact that I'm actually done, you know. <laughs> but crossing the finish line of a marathon is not crossing my, fine, my final finish line. Like I'm not dead, you know. Uh, although I feel like I would rather be dead sometimes. Uh, I'm still alive. And in, and in the same way, this morning is not the final finish line for the two of you, but it is a finish line. And Paul writes, I have fought the good fight. I have finished this race. And I've remained faithful. And now a prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. So let me just say, you have served well. You sacrificed. And you can be content in the job the Holy Spirit has done through you. There's a body of believers in Albion where there were none. So many people have encountered God because of your ministry here. And only eternity will fully be able to express all the lives that have been transformed through your guys' leadership. We're incredibly proud of the two of you. As a congregation, we're incredibly thankful for you. As a region, we're also really thankful for you. This is a bit interesting because I leave this morning to go have lunch, actually. I didn't want to ruin your time today by having lunch with me, so we're doing that in a couple weeks, but because uh, I just wanted this day to be with you in the congregation for you guys, but um, I'm actually having lunch today with Lenny Lucetti, the new pastor at Woodland, or First West that launched you guys out. And uh, how ironic it is that today is his first actual Sunday in the pulpit, and today is your day of retirement. 41 years ago, First West launched you out. And we're incredibly grateful. We are all the recipients of your work, and we are so thankful. But the most important thing the two of you need to hear from me today is your Heavenly Father is incredibly proud of the two of you. He is saying to you today, well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. Can we just take a second and thank them? Can we just do that? Yeah.
have a seat. And now I'm actually going to turn and talk to you guys as the congregation for a minute. Okay? So, um, can I say, there will never, let me just tell you right now, there will never, you will never have a pastor like Pastor Steve Shave. You just won't. Uh, there aren't very many of them. Um, they're kind of like, uh, and I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. They're kind of like an, uh, an albino where, you know, they're just, they're very, very rare. You don't get to see them very often. Um, and can I just say, can I just, let me just say, you're not supposed to have another pastor like Pastor Steve. I don't mean that meanly. What I mean by that is, is that, uh, he, he's one in a million and God's, God's going to do something wonderful, but slightly different going forward. See, there's only one Moses, but then came Joshua. There's only one Peter, but then came John. And what we need to do as a congregation is trust the Holy Spirit in this process. Trust that God is going to lead the right person here and that God's going to do it in His timing. And remember, this isn't about deciding, this is about discerning. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us? Uh, I want to make this very careful, and I don't mean to step on anybody's toes. This is not about your preferences. This is about what Jesus wants. Because there's a whole city of Albion that needs to be reached. And he wants to work through this congregation to do that. So when the next person gets here, expect them, hear my heart here, Expect them to do everything differently. Expect that. The next person is going to do everything differently. Expect that you're going to feel uncomfortable for half a second. They will. Don't expect them to be the same. Don't expect them to preach the same. Don't necessarily expect them that they're going to hand out their cell, their cell phone number to everyone in the Western Hemisphere. So, I was 14 years old, which I know sounds like a long, long time ago. Yeah, dinosaurs were roaming the earth, okay? <laughs> I was 14 years old, and we had a pastor much like Pastor Steve Schaaf at the church I grew up in, in San Diego, California, much like Pastor Steve. So, a wonderful man of God. The only difference between Pastor Steve and the pastor I had is the pastor I had was shorter, pudgier. And had an incredible tenor voice that would rock the world. Had a great voice. He would sing many times before he would preach. And he could sing the house down. He had a tenor voice that would just peel paint on the back wall. Great, great guy. And he grew, and he started the church in San Diego, California. And interesting, the day he planted that church, it was the largest church in the denomination. They had 500 people on their launch day and the church grew from there. And he stayed for about ah, 30 years or so. He didn't have it in him to stay as long as Pastor Steve. So um, he stayed. And then, we, and then we got a new pastor. And I'm 14 years old. And this new pastor uh, was very different than our former pastor. Very different. Um, some of you who are into leadership stuff, you might have heard of him. His name is John Maxwell. And John came to be our senior pastor, and I knew John well. My wife babysat for his kids. I knew John well. I've been in John's home several times. I, I, I knew, but here's the thing. 
I will never forget this memory as long as I live. It's in my kitchen in the home that I grew up in. It's about six months after Pastor John has come. And my mom is ticked. She's not a little mad. She's ticked. I would use other words, but I don't want any unwholesome word to come out from my mouth. So I'm trying to be good. She's mad. And I'll never forget this. These were her exact words. My dad's name was Roy. Roy, if you had a heart attack tonight, John Maxwell wouldn't come to the hospital. He'd send someone else. And then my brother, who's nine years older than I am, looked at my mom and said, and he was married at the time, he's already married, but he looked at my mom and said, but mom, can we fight with how many people are coming to the altar and giving their hearts to Jesus? See, our church grew from about 1,000 to 3,000. And a whole lot of people came to know Jesus. And John was God's anointed leader for Skyline for a long time. But he was really different than Orville Butcher. Just because he was different does not mean he wasn't the right person for the job. I'm going to say this as lovingly as I know how. You have the very best... I mean, this church, the name of this church beautifully beautifully describes who your pastor is and what he does he provides a caring community for everyone around him it's beautiful your next pastor will be different so strap in get ready do I know who they are yet? nope I'm just, I've been around the block enough to know and when you oversee, when you're blessed to serve as many churches, I just know what's coming. But can I, do, can I ask you to do that person a favor? Give them a chance. The, the music might be slightly different. The messages are going to be slightly different. Give them a chance. Please resist your natural inclination to say, they're not like Pastor Steve. You're right. They're not going to be like him. Because Joshua wasn't like Moses. But there was a mission that God had for Joshua that was really important for the people of God to experience. And Caring Community Church, you have a mission to fulfill, and it's not done. Does that make sense? It's not done. And I can't wait to see what's going to, how the Holy Spirit's going to use Pastor Steve and Diana as they continue to serve and minister for him in different places. And I can't wait to see all the Holy Spirit's going to do in and through you and through this church. Can I just say this? The best, day of, best days of this church are in your windshield, not in your rearview mirror. And the worst thing that could ever happen for Pastor Steve and Diana is they is they hear rumors that, oh my gosh, the church is so small because everybody got mad and left. Give the next person a chance. Give them a year at least. Give them a chance. So, can I pray with you? I've already gone over like 25 minutes longer than anyone thought I was going to speak, so i got to shut up and sit down. Lord Jesus, 
thank you that in your goodness and in your grace and in your love, you brought an incredible, incredible man and his wife to this community. Thank you for the ways that they have beautifully, beautifully served you, demonstrated your love, demonstrated your work, and have brought the gospel to Albion. Thank you, God, for Steve and Diana. Thank you for their daughters. Thank you for the thousands of messages, the thousands and thousands of times that Steve has ministered and served, has been there for us in hospital rooms and in living rooms. God, we pray that your anointing and blessing will continue to be on them. Open doors for them that only you can open. Give them great opportunities that they can be really excited about. Guide and direct them in the days ahead. And then, God, we continue to pray for this church, our church, the church that we call home. Would you continue to guide and direct the board, help them to discern your good, perfect, and pleasing will? God, would you bring your person to this place? And would you allow us to rally around them And would you allow this church to continue to see you work and shine and move so that many, many more people come to know you as our Lord and Savior. We love you, Jesus, so much. It's your name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. First, I want to acknowledge all of you and thank all of you for making the effort to be here. Um, as I look around, I can say with confidence that uh, your presence here today guarantees that for the month of February, our average attendance will be the highest it's been since the COVID lockdown. <laughs> Had I known my leaving was what it would take, um, I might have left sooner. <laughs> Um, but seriously, thanks for making the effort to be here and to celebrate with us. I want to give a shout out to our tech team, uh, to our worship team and to Cheryl uh, for getting everything ready for today in spite of having a major tech meltdown this week. Um, Spence in particular went way above and beyond to make sure that we had images and the worship team, you bet. Again, reflecting back to Spencer's initial days with the sound crew of meeting me at the house on Michigan Avenue and hauling our sound equipment each week and to where we are now is just amazing and we just want to celebrate that. In the beginning, God, and that is the essence of what I want us to acknowledge today. Um, on Sunday, May 17th, 1981, I stepped behind a rented podium in a rented room at the Holiday Inn and addressed a small gathering of roughly 45 adults. Using these handwritten notes, both pages, all right, I delivered what I'm sure was a rousing message entitled, A God of New Beginnings. That message was so compelling that approximately a third of the adults came back the following week. (laughs) Someone, I kid you not, 
Chris was teasing me about the picture. Everybody's teasing me about the picture. I'm glad it's not a clear picture because it wouldn't be any more flattering. (laughs) Someone who had never met us saw that in the paper and came. And it just makes my head explode to this day. Based on the incredible success of that message, it seemed fitting for me to end my tenure at Caring Community with the same title. God was a God of new beginnings on May 17th, 1981. He has been a God of new beginnings every day since then. And he is still and always will be a God of new beginnings. I've said it recently, repeatedly with regard to change, and I will say it slightly different today. New is not necessarily good And new is not necessarily bad. New is simply new. However, when it comes to a God-ordained, God-inspired, God-empowered new beginning, new can change lives and transform communities and transform the world. When considering the new beginning that we are embracing Together, different for each of us, but it is a new beginning for all of us. I remind you of the story of creation in Genesis 1. And repeatedly, God initiates a new beginning, and it says he stepped back and saw that it was good. As Chris said, not about us, about all of us collectively. I have to believe, I am convinced that over the years there have been times, countless times, every time someone came to faith, every time there was a baptism, every time there was a celebration in worship, that God stepped back and saw that it was good because we had a new beginning. I'm willing to go out on a limb today and say that I'm very sure that he still views the new beginnings that he initiates the same way. With all of the emotion we bring today, and trust me, I've got a boatload. I, for better, for worse, I have 41 years of practice stuffing my emotion. Well, actually 50, 66 years, because I'm a guy. We know how to stuff our emotions. (laughs) But with all that we bring, he's looking at this moment And he is more excited than we are for the new beginning he has in store for us. Today, I told you last week, I want today to be a celebration. Doesn't mean I haven't and won't wipe away a tear. But I want you to celebrate today that he is a God of new beginnings for each of you. In this very unique moment, and I just just have to chuckle at God's sense of humor. This is a kind of unique day, and we have some first-time guests who had no idea what was going on today. I remember back, and not to put any pressure on them, but I remember back years ago when we were moving to this building. We met at the Methodist Church in town. We didn't take our coats off, and we marched out here in the middle of December to have our first service here. And we had first-time guests who showed up, he walked with us, 
and they hung with us for a very long time. Pete and Dolly, Gary's son, their son Gary is here today, became an integral part of who we are. God is a God of new beginnings. <clears throat> but please hear me well. He is a God of new beginnings for each and every one of you, regardless of where you are at today. You have heard me say repeatedly, He longs, the God of creation, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, longs to help each of you Embrace a new beginning every day. As you have heard me say repeatedly, if you don't already have it, caring community has been and hopefully, confidently, always will be about seeing people enter into a real, personal, life-changing love relationship with God that transforms them for today and for all of eternity. That's the new beginning he has for all of us. He has a new beginning for us of an ever-developing and ever-expanding passion and purpose for living. The Bible is full of stories about people who demonstrate that regardless of your past failures, in spite of your present challenges, and even in the midst of your greatest successes, every day God has a new beginning for you. Some days we'll be laughing, some days we may be crying. But every day he has a new beginning for those of us who choose to partner with him. That fact will not change. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. He has a new beginning for you. He is, as Chris has so eloquently said, a God of new beginnings for caring community. Trust me. We understand that it can be unsettling to think about moving forward without familiar faces and practices, to not have individuals and resources upon which you've come to rely. We understand that. However, as most of you know, if you think about it for a moment, in life you often have to give up something known and comfortable in order to experience something more, in order to have a truly new beginning. And as much as we cherish what we have had together, our heart cry is for you to have a new beginning that exceeds anything we have known. As I thought about it, the only way we could have avoided this moment today was if Jesus graciously came back before we died. Really, sooner or later, either we were going to leave or you were going to leave. At least now we can leave with a deep sense, and you can embrace our departure with a deep sense of anticipation that God has something new and more for you. I know that I've joked about it a lot, and I know I've made some of you uncomfortable because I've joked a lot lately, but that's just how I get by. I know I've said it over the past few weeks, but I just need you to take me seriously for a moment while I say something that I've joked about in the past. Just take a moment right now and look around the room. 
maybe even stand up, take a look out the windows, look back to the oak tree way back there, the fence row way beyond the second set of pine trees. Think about the people. Think about the building. Look at this building. Think about the stuff, the chairs you're sitting in, the technology, all the stuff, the 22-plus acres of land that surrounds us, the financial figures listed in the bulletin. And I just want to say, and this is not to diminish in any way, shape, or form what God has been able to do and use us to be a part of, but it is about all of us. If God could do all of this, starting with a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and a couple of clueless 25-year-olds, what kind of amazing new beginning do you think he will create if he has all of this to start with? We are truly humbled that you're sad at the prospect of seeing us leave. I've said repeatedly, I'm a coward. I wanted to leave before you wanted me to leave. Some of you, I didn't make it, I know, but I'll get over that. But please, I beg you to lean into the fact that our departure opens the door for you as a church to partner with God and experience an awesome, life-changing, community-changing new beginning. Together, you have the capacity as you partner with God to meet every challenge created by our leaving and to continue to gain crown for the kingdom of God. And that, after all, is why we're here. Chris commented, and I have acknowledged repeatedly, in my naive ignorance, I responded to God's prompting and called this caring community. For better, for worse, I've set the bar really hard for you. (laughs) But you have, and you have the capacity to not only meet that, but to exceed that as you live up to the name that you inherit. As I've told you repeatedly, even if you change the name, First West, Woodlands, it doesn't matter what you call yourselves as long as you embody what we've established as a caring community because that is what this community expects from you. And finally, I just want to acknowledge, as I've been dancing around for several weeks, he is a new God of new beginnings for Stephen Diana Schaaf. Chris has said it very, very well, but I want to say it as a dad. Thank you for loving our children, for praying for them, for caring for them. Thank you for praying for our grandchildren. Some of you have known Nikki and Jesse since they were very young children. As a church, you prayed for them, you blessed them, you encouraged them, you provided for them. And I cannot thank you enough. 
You have graciously listened as we bragged on them, and you continue to listen as we moved on to brag even more on our grandchildren, which my favorite two are here today. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Tell the girls I said that, please. All right. um, As Chris said, ministry can be hard on families, and I have heard horrific stories. We appreciate the lengths to which you have gone over the years to minimize the impact that ministry had upon our children and our home. As I said last week, and I probably said it repeatedly, the words to fully express the depth of our gratitude just aren't there. Your love, your support, your encouragement, your patience, your tolerance, your understanding, your trust, and your partnership have truly been immeasurable. Thank you. We will never and we could never forget you. But as I've already said, I'm almost going to make it. As I've already said, in order for us to experience the new beginning that God has for us personally, we have to be willing to surrender much of what we've shared with you over the decades. It's almost impossible for us to comprehend. I I take that back. I know that we don't comprehend what that will take. And we don't know what it will look like in the days to come. But please know, you will always be in our hearts and that we will always covet your prayers and your understanding. It is fair to say that in many ways, our decision to retire and to leave you is the hardest thing we've ever chosen to do. Coming over here and starting was hard, but I was clueless, so I didn't know. Going through the tough times we've gone through as a church, when I was in a puddle on the floor, um, that was tough. But we do not doubt that it's the right thing for us in this moment, and it is the right thing for the future of caring community. I realized this week that in actuality, Diana and I, in this moment, are doing the very same thing that we have encouraged you to do for the past 41 years, and that is to trust in a God of new beginnings. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of partnering with you to accomplish your mission in your moment. And Father, we celebrate that the mission isn't over, and we celebrate that the resources are in place to continue to passionately, wholeheartedly seek to see lives transformed by the life-changing message of your gospel. Father, thank you for the privilege of loving these people and thank you even more for the privilege of receiving their love and their support.
And Father, we acknowledge, as John said, that all of this love for each other is because you first loved us. And Father, as I have prayed repeatedly over the past year, I continue to pray that what's happened up to this point is just laying a foundation for everything you want to do moving forward. And Father, while we don't know who it might be, we pray as we have repeatedly that you are preparing your person for your moment for the future of this church. And when you know the time is right, you will make the connections and that this congregation will embrace the truth that Chris laid out and understand it'll be different. But when it's your difference, different is better, not worse. We thank you, Father. Amen.